Hey, everybody. Welcome in. James Adams here alongside Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, just yesterday, as we record here on a Monday night, we witnessed an epic PGA Championship Sunday. A very good PGA Championship across the board. Um, boy, uh, more cow ruined it. We only had 70 holes of entertainment before he ran away with it on the 16th. Uh, I say somewhat facetiously as... Uh, it was an absolute battle on Sunday evening here on the East Coast. Uh, your takeaways, obviously, I, I know you enjoyed it, but uh, what are we taking away from this bad boy? Uh, can we get more primetime golf? Like, this was great. Like, As a drinker, I'm all about that. I mean, it was like, so it was like 6 o'clock here in the Central, and it's like, oh, now they're hitting like the, you know, they're just starting the back nine. Like, this is great. Like. And then, and then you had all the drama, like you had like seven or eight golfers at one time tied for the lead. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, is minus 12 the winner or minus 11 the playoff? I mean, it was just nuts. And like, okay, somebody's going to come break away at some point. And, you know, you kept thinking maybe it'd be DJ because he was just kind of in neutral. And then by the time he kind of finally figured it out, it was a little too late. But, yeah, Morikawa was um, – that clutch, I mean, that, that drive on 16 will be, I think, remembered for a while. That was a golden tee type of shot. I mean, that was not a golfer trying to win a major. It was. It was a major championship winning shot. But, I mean, it was so much more than that. It really made me think of, like, playing golden tee. Right, because, I mean, it was, it was shaped perfectly. It landed perfect. Bounced right up on the green. Rolled within, like, seven feet. Like, oh, okay, well. Oh, that was oh, that's that's ball game. Yeah, when he hit that bad boy, because Bryson darn near put one in that same spot, but he was just a hair right of that. But yeah, I mean that's like the shot you only have the audacity to hit when you put three dollars in a machine and you can walk away from it. Not like when there's mil like almost two million on the line. Man, that was a great shot and it was a great great ending. I mean, uh, props to you. You were on Morikawa. I most certainly was not. Uh, I I faded the youngins and I don't know. Remind me to do that on the first major of a normal year when it's the Masters, and we like guys who have experience there, but I shouldn't have done it on the first major this year when it was the PGA. Well, I, I went into yesterday, like, Scotty Scheffler in the final group. It's like, oh, this this is not going to end well for Scotty today. Hey, he hung in there. I think he ended up he did. four. Yeah, at one point, you were talking about that smashed-up leaderboard. At one point, uh, he, there were so many people tied for first. That when they scrolled the leaderboard going into commercial, his name was on the top of the second page, <laughs> yeah. tied first. It was like, damn, man, this is, like, what more could you ask for? Yes, you had Casey, a champ, uh, was Day up there, I think, for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Day got in the clubhouse at 10, along with Wolf. I mean, there was a time period where Day and Wolf were both in the clubhouse at 10, and that was still the number before, I guess, Morikow was the first one to crack 10, and then Casey and DJ got there a little bit later uh, to 11. Yeah, well, DJ didn't get to, uh, he didn't crack 11 until 18. And Correct. Boy, he had a weird 16th hole. Um, <laughs> Dude, so my buddy who had the bet on the win in the top seven, and he's just like, he's going to melt. He's going to give it away like he always does. And he chips in for three on 16. I'm thinking, that could have been, could have been a chip in for two. You would have liked better. But you know what? It's better than a chip that didn't land close, and then you had to sweat a putt for four. Uh, an adventurous burning on that hole, to say the least. So, and CBS wasn't showing this for a while, so I'm trying to refresh the PGA Championship app, which, by the way, was not very good. And it said, you know, shot one to native area, like, oh, great. 
shot two penalty, shot three in the hole. Like, huh? Like, why is CBS not showing this? I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be shot tracker error. Then CBS shows it like, oh, good grief, DJ. Yeah, it was, uh, that was very impressive. Like, I actually thought if DJ shot 68 yesterday, I thought he would win. Because I was like, is anybody really going to get to 11 or 12? And I mean, in the end, it was an ugly way to get there, but he got to 68. So yeah. I was like, well, I don't know if he lost it. I mean, it was just Morikawa kind of kind of went nuts, and what, he shot 64? Like I think so, and 65 the day before. I mean, give Morikawa credit. Oh. My man went 9 under on the on the weekend. Uh, no, 11, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> he was at 129, which you're correct, would be 11 under 140, the two-day par for the weekend. Right. My bad. No, that's all right. But no, like, I mean, it, I, to me, it feels like Morikawa won it. And, and I realize, you know, people like to get on DJ for not closing, and it wasn't his best round, but it wasn't a worse round. I mean, he shot 68, and I know there were some other lower scores out there, but... In, in the end, I don't know if he did a ton wrong, and Casey certainly didn't do much wrong. He just, they got beat got by a guy who shot 64. Like, <laughs> you shoot 64 at major you're pro- on a Sunday in your contention, you're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, um, I, I, Morikawa went out and won that one. I don't think there's any other way to, to spin it. But from a, from a DraftKings perspective, I mean, I had DJ Morikawa. And maybe a little bit karma. I was not, uh, you know, what happened to Brooks was like, yeah, you know what, after some of those comments Saturday night, you kind of got what you deserved. <laughs> I thought him and DJ were friends, dude. Uh, maybe, like, like, there's some theories out there that not only is he friends with DJ, but he's friends with Bryson, so that they're just kind of playing this up in the media and joking on the side, but I don't know, like, bro- like, Brooks does have some personality. Like, you saw, like, something during those, like, ESPN pre-taped um, segments. Like, I think he said, what you know, when I asked what, what he eats for breakfast, he basically gave Bryson's whole breakfast routine and was laughing about it. So, like, I don't know. There's, I almost wonder if he has a little bit of Bill Belichick in him where he's not a big fan of the media, but yet you kind of get him one-on-one and he, he opens up a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The way, the only, I took that, I took what he said about Dustin one of two ways. Either, wow, they're really not friends, or maybe he thought, okay, if I don't go win this one, then I'm trying to light a fire up my my buddy's butt to go win this thing and, uh, you know, prove that he's an elite, more than one-time major winner. So I I wasn't sure which way it went. Rory's answer (laughs) on Sunday made it seem as though, Rory didn't believe Brooks was trying to motivate his friend, was rather just kind of being an angle. No, right, and I think Rory threw some shots at uh, at uh, Brooks as well, like when it came down to tour wins. He did, yes, he definitely did. <laughs> like, oh man, this could be fun, golf, golf smack talk, like. I don't hate it, and I don't hate the, uh, you know, the lack of, uh, I, I would have loved to see fans, and I was kind of hoping we'd see a bunch of players come out. And watch uh, maybe the last couple of groups finish. You know, maybe make a faux gallery on 18. Um, right. Maybe they were told not to. Maybe they just didn't think it was a good idea. Um, I was really kind of hoping for that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Ricky wasn't there. So, I mean, that's usually bad news if Ricky's not there at 18 watching for the winner. Well, um, so I only had 50% Ricky in my 12 lineups this week. So, that stuff butt didn't bother me at all. 
Oh, well, I mean, so I, I ended up cashing. I would have done better if I had not switched out Henley to Glover on Wednesday night. Oh, man. Not that Henley did much on the weekend, but he at least made the weekend, whereas Glover, I think, missed maybe on the number or two away. But, but yeah, um, I kind like, I kind of like Ricky and Spieth a little bit. Like, I had feelings on them. And, at least Spieth made the weekend. He did. Um, didn't I'm not sure if he was positive or negative on Saturday. I mean, in DraftKings points, I know he was positive in a score. Somebody else who was a little disappointing, which kind of hurt me too, was Fleetwood on the weekend. Like, he just couldn't get anything going on the weekend. I suppose I can't complain about Jim Herman not getting it going on the weekend. Hey, he made the weekend. I know. <laughs> I should have copied that bet with a made cut. I bet you he was 3-1 to one to make the cut, where I could have made, paid for my win and top 20 bets on him. Oh, and by the way, I will say this. I was very happy when I went to the book, because I actually got out there in time to go into the book, which is staying open a little later now. Mm-hmm. When I placed that bet, the man who took the bet looked at me and said, oh, the local guy. Made me very oh, happy. Oh, nice. Made me happy that the guy behind the counter knew that. Bonus points for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't have any tickets to cash to tip him this week. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know, well, it means you just have to you have to wait till next week when you cash your uh, cash your winners this week because you got some, you got some of your guys in this field. And you know the odds on Hoffman and Kokrak are going to be all right this week. Oh, going there. Not to mention real Rory. His uh, odds are a little lower. I was going to say Kokrak was not who I was thinking. I was thinking real Rory and Charlie. Well, char- yeah, I think Sabatini has the lowest odds of the three. But uh, I, So first of all, I mean, we'll get back to um, my bets and whatnot, but I need – remind me, remind me after the show, remind me tomorrow. Uh, I probably won't make my bets until Wednesday. To stop fading, like, the top 15 favorites, like try to find maybe one guy that's a favorite. It worked for a little bit when I was getting those Wolf and Streelman top fives when they had a chance, but I think it's time to get back to the, the, the horses because when I was cashing tickets with wins, it was Scott, it was Webb, it was Hatton, it wasn't these long shots. Okay, well, I, I got one for you. I don't I don't think he'll probably... I must, I haven't looked at odds. I'm assuming he's probably in a 30-to-1 range, but um, I might have one for you. I'm not sure. Harris English, I might go back to the board uh, with him this week, although uh, he won't be the long shot this time. No, no, I I don't have a long. Well, I I I don't. Know, I start a few names. A couple were longer shots, but um. Okay. Well, we'll get to those momentarily. Do we have anything left from the uh, PGA Championship, which was again a hell of a turn? Um. I loved everything about the PGA. For everything from the course, which you look at it like this doesn't seem like an overly difficult course because you don't see a whole lot of water, but. Man, that rough was inconsistent, so that play with Bynes. The greens were lit, ran out a little bit more than you thought. And how about a ball getting stuck in the tree a couple times? Like, that's just nuts to me. But I, I love the fact that 1,300 was the winning score. Like, good shots were rewarded. Bad shots were punished. Like, this, was, this is exactly everything I would want out of a major. Hello, USGA. Mm-hmm. But... I realize that the PGA Championship is maybe not the marquee event, but the way they set it up was fair, and I love the way it. I love the way it went. Absolutely no, no argument with that whatsoever. Bad shots penalized, good shots rewarded. Like that's the way it should be. I agree. No, I, I enjoyed up. it. It's not tricked up by the USGA, so 
shout out to Kerry Hag and everybody at the PGA. Like, well done. I dig it. Um, so, shall we get into uh, what seems odd to say the final regular season event when I feel like we just got started again? I know, but yeah, let's let's do it. All right. Well, it's the Wyndham Championship, uh, par seventy. Uh, 7,127-yard course, Sedgefield Country Club, Greensboro, North Carolina. Skeeter, it's a shorter course. Um, We've seen some not-long hitters win this bad boy before. What are we looking for? How are we trying to break down this field and break down this course? Basically, it's going to be a birdie fest. Um, I think think two of the past three years, there's been scoring records at the tournament. each time it's played a stroke, a stroke or more under par for for the whole tournament. So last year the cut was minus three. Past couple prior years was minus two. So at this point, this is just a you know you can bomb and gouge, you can hit fairways and go from there. But ball striking really important. Um, it is a par seventy, so there's twelve par fours. Seven of them have to be from 400 to 450 yards. So, basically, I'm just looking at all the scoring stats, the par fours. Uh, proximity, basically, you're kind of your low to mid irons from 150 to 175. And putting putting actually rates out pretty highly here. Like, you might want to find somebody who can putt on Bermuda decently well. But, but then again, you know, there's been some bad putters who have done well here. Like, Benny On was... Um, Benny On was in contention all the way up to, last, to the back nine on Sunday last year. Um... Try to look at some of these other winners. Siwoo Kim, not exactly known for his putting. Um, so Ryan Moore has never been a great putter. So you have, I mean, maybe you just gonna find, find a guy who has a hot putter. Uh, basically, this almost feels, you know, we we call this the Wyndham Championship, and I know that we have some coarse horses, but this almost just feels like the Webb Simpson invitation. <laughs> like, good grief, his worst finish. His 72nd since 2011. His second or worst finish since his 22nd. Like, the guy, I mean, I think he, did he name one of his kids Wyndham after this tournament? I don't know that. Um, I have no idea what his children are named. I'm not, I'm not going to doubt that, though. There's some There's some different names on tour. Uh, Dustin Johnson, what he, what he name his kids? River and something else crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, no, there none of Webb's children are named uh, Wyndham. Maybe I thought there was some connection. But Maybe he named his dog Wyndham. That could be, but but yeah, th- I mean this. I mean, well, I know we're gonna get. Maybe I'm already starting the 10K tier early, but um, <laughs> yeah, there will be a lot of attention on Mr. Simpson this week. Yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. He is the favorite at the book I go to, eleven to one. Oh, he's not even the highest price on DraftKings. Uh, well, are we ready to get into that 10K tier? Did we get into it already? Well, we did, but I got one more thing to say is, um, yeah, you mentioned at the top, this is the last event of the regular season, so the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings at the end of this event will make the playoffs. Unlike most years, though, if you're 126 or below, you do not lose your tour card. You do not have to go to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Or anything like that. Um, if you had your card this year, you're, you have your card next year. So, a little less drama, but still the drama to get into the playoffs. And you better believe Golf Channel and CBS will be 
showing you a lot of FedEx Cup graphics throughout this tournament. Speaking of which, not the same thing, but the same idea. Did you see uh, the celebration when Charles Schwartzel made the cut on Friday? He made about a 12-footer to make the cut on the number. I heard about it, but I did not see it. It was pretty cool, man. It was a real deal fist pump from a guy who has won a major before um, because it was likely going to get him enough points to like continue his medical ex- uh, his medical exemption. I think it fulfilled the medical extension. Like, okay, maybe that was it. Maybe he like that guaranteed him enough points to get it because uh, they didn't say that it was an automatic. He got his bid or whatever. But yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm sitting here watching on uh, on Friday, and uh, and you know, like he 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 left himself a tester, twelve foot, yeah. and the real excitement. So it was it was pretty cool. I dug it for for a made cut on a Friday. You're not going to get that kind of fist pump unless it's like me and I bet on you. Yeah, so he finished T58 so that he should have easily gotten his three points to uh, to clear the medical extension. And you always love the stories like that, like the ones who struggle and had some medical issue to come back, and you know they're desperately grinding for those points. So it was worth, you know, it's certainly worth it for him, and he's playing this week, but probably a little less pressure to, to you know, get his, keep his tour card. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool. I uh, I got a kick out of it, and uh, like you said, anytime you see a moment like that, it's like, yeah, that wasn't the winning moment. That wasn't necessarily more cows drive on sixteen, but that's kind of one of them things in sports that you dig. It's not always the the winning the championship, but just getting over the hump and stuff like that. That uh, I thought was pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. So, all right. Well, now shall we get into this field? Absolutely. Ten K tier. Uh, I think we got five guys in this tier. We'll start at the very top. It's Brooks Kepka, 11-4. As before mentioned, the favorite at the book, Webb Simpson's 11-2. Patrick Reed, 10-7. Tommy Fleetwood, 10-5. Paul Casey, 10-3. Skeeter, uh, for what it's worth, Brooks Kepka is 12-1. So those uh, those two at the top, very close at the book as well as here on DK. But I'll ask you, Skeeter, of the five, your favorite play in this tier. I mean, it's Webb. I mean, I mean, the course history is just phenomenal. He's also the, I mean, outside of Reed, like Brooks, Fleetwood, and Casey both probably spend quite a bit of energy on Sunday grinding, trying to get into, you know, trying to potentially win the PGA. It didn't work for Fleetwood. Kepka didn't work for Casey was right there. Reed, I think, had a pretty good Sunday, but he was so far back, but... It's just so hard when you look at that history for Webb. He fits the course so well. I mean, in my stat models, you know, if I look at 50 rounds, if I look at just since the restart, if I look at 50 rounds or, or you know, the last 50 rounds on uh, par 70, less than 7,200-yard courses, he's, like, number one in that model. So he fits everything, especially approach, uh, DraftKings points, birds are better. He fits everything so well. I mean... 11-2, there's enough value you can fit him in. The only thing is is he's going to be the highest owned golfer this week, and it's probably not going to be close. So from an ownership angle, maybe it's, you know, something you think about fading, but, boy, that is – that's tough to fade him because if I don't play him, I'm not sure I'm playing anybody in this tier. I'll use him. You don't have to convince me. I had him at RBC, and I had him at uh... – at Waste Management at the book. So you do not have to tell me anything about Webb Simpson. I am a big fan. But I'm going to go with Patrick Reed. He's also won this tournament. Yeah. He's got a really decent history here. 
He's coming off of a T13. Like you said, he had a good Sunday. Shot a 66, 400 on Sunday. Uh, relatively stress-free because I only got them to 700, so he really is never looking at a chance to win this bad boy. And I assume the ownership is going to be considerably lower on Reed than it will be on Webb with a little bit of a discount. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because who? there's not going to be many people who are sitting there like, you know what? I'm going to pay 500 less for Patrick Reed. He's just, I'll find a 500 somewhere, give me Webb. He's a perfect course fit, loves this event. So it makes complete sense from a tournament standpoint. Yeah, so I'll go there as a 10 lineup setter with some guys in 6K that, well, you know, I'm a fan of. I bet you I'll find some Webb-Reed combo lineups too, but I'll, I'll take Reed as my favorite. If you don't play Webb, who are you playing? So I'm not sure I go to anybody else in this tier, but if I do, it'll be Paul Casey. Um, again, elite ball striker. We saw that at the PGA. You know, we you know that maybe will continue. I don't you know. It's his putter, of course, is always concern. And it wasn't like you know, when he, in the end, yes, he was T two, but it wasn't like he did anything wrong. Like he was still playing really well. He just got beat by somebody who played better. So. You know, over, over the past 50 rounds, he's number one ball striking, second in approach, eighth in opportunities gained. He rates out very well, except putting, where he's 138th. So that's that's Paul Casey in a nutshell, that you just never know what his putter is going to do. Um, so he's my second, but again, I'm not sure I'm playing him maybe in a 10-3. Uh, it's basically a coin flip between Casey and uh, Webb for me. Um all things being equal, it's Webb. If I need to save the money, it's Casey. Uh, you twist my arm, say pick a second. I'll fade the ownership of Webb again. I'll say Casey's my number two. Okay. Do you have a fade in this tier other than all four golfers not named Webb Simpson? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Tommy. Um, just did not do much on the weekend. and I know he's still rounding the form, and... You know, this this course should play a little bit different, but I just, when you're in contention and you just kind of just trudge along a little bit, that's just not a great sign. So for me, I love the guy, but I'm not, Fleetwood's my fade here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll say my fade is Brooks, though, because uh, I think he's got to hit a little bit of the reset button, uh, figure out who he is as a golfer a little bit, maybe try to win some things that aren't majors. Um, and I know he's won a couple tournaments in our majors, but on top of that, I'm a little worried about the knee. Um, I think this is, the knee is a real issue. We didn't see a whole lot of it bothering him here this week, but that was a point of contention, uh, at the St. Jude just a couple of weeks ago. So I'll fade Brooks at that price. Cause I'm going to save a few bucks and play web all day, every day. Right. And I think Brooks is, I'm trying to see where he's at right now in the FedEx cup standings. Like he's, he's been- low. He's low, right. So I'm trying to see where he's at because he's had a couple decent enough tournaments that he should be... Okay, he's 92nd, so he's... I mean, he's going to be kind of on a borderline to get to the northern... You know, to to get to Olympia Fields for the BMW. Oh, no, no, that's right. There's no longer the middle cut. It's top 70 makes the BMW, so he's outside that list right now. Yeah, no, he needs it, but I'm just if I'm I'll fade him on top before Tommy simply for the fact that I just I would stop at Webb. That's my ceiling on spending. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. I have no issue with that. 
Shall we take it to the nine cans here? Yep. Well, there's, I believe, five golfers in this tier, but one of them has withdrawn. Abe answers. So that leaves us with. Oh, did he really? Yes. If you look at the, he withdrew. Oh, it looks like about no. uh, noon on Monday. Oh. oh. So. Well, I just only went DraftKings. He doesn't show withdrawal. It doesn't show it, but if you click on his name and you read the player uh, update, answer has elected to skip the winning championship this week. Rob Bolton of PGATour.com reports. Dang it. So. Oh, uh, that was my guy this week. Well, he was my number two in this tier, and I was thinking about betting him. I'm not going to bet him now. Although, at least I'd probably, if they still had his odds up, I'd get my money back since he's out early. And that'd be a ticket I could cash, something I forgot what it's like. But anyway. Let's go back to the tier. Justin Rose, the Vampire, 9,900. Harris English, 9,300. Billy Horschel, 9,100. Jordan Spieth, 9K. You got four guys, one at the top, three at the bottom. Skeeter, your favorite. Sorry if you're off guard and it was a answer. I could go if you'd like a second. Yeah, you just ruined my day. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, he was my one and done. He was going to be my favorite player. You're like, give me a middle guy to bet. Like, okay, I got one for you. Oh. And I had bet answer a handful of times this year already, so I would have gone with Abe answer. But, yeah. So my favorite is going to be Harris English. Uh, he was my favorite. I don't even remember what tier he was in. Probably the 7K last week. He didn't disappoint. Uh, you know, he didn't fulfill my top five bet. But we're still talking about four top 20s in a row. And now you come in. And really, besides missing the uh, Schwab before the break, he had three uh, three top 20s in a row besides the miscut at the Schwab. So that's six of seven, no, seven of eight of his last tournaments, counting pre-COVID-19. But Harris English has been playing very good. This is a much lighter field than what he just finished T19 in last week. So give me some Harris English in a very small list. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's had his moments here. Yeah, 11th last year, 10th uh, so many years ago in 2012. Yeah, I'm still trying to go over that bet. Man, that's... Oh, <laughs> man. Dang it. Like, this was an Abe answer week for me. Oh. I'm oh, sorry, man. friend. Oh. I'm so... I'm so... Ta I'm sorry to everybody that I did not know that. I was, I was kind of outside. Of, I didn't see a ton of news today. I was busy with doing other stuff, but... Oh. Anyway, so as I regroup... No, Harris English rates... Again, rates out well. Ball striking approach. Rates out solid all the other categories, just doesn't give himself a whole lot of opportunities. Um, over past 50 rounds. So, well, alright. Uh, not that I've got this guy right recently, but, you know what? He was in contention on Sunday. Granted, he gained seven strokes putting, but we found, but gained four strokes in approach. Your favorite player... Justin Rose, 9,900. Um, Smoke and mirrors. Well, that putting does, is of concern, but you know what? Even long term models, second opportunities gain, fifth birdies are better, eighth DraftKings points, 24th in, uh, in ball striking. When I look at everything since the restart, even despite a couple of those really bad rounds, he still rates out very well. The birdies are better, DraftKings points. We've seen him play well on the easier courses. He's second in par 70s under 7,200 yards. Kind of like DJ last week. It was like, okay, if this is going to be a longer course, this feels like a DJ course. Par 70 under 7,200 feels like Justin Rose. So, 
since I can't use uh, my guy Aim Answer 9900, I will go Justin Rose, old reliable for me. You'll be surprised that if I don't go Harris English, I will not go the Vampire. Um, I worry about ownership, but you're making me pick a second out of a tier of four when I can't stand two of them. Certainly can't stand one of them in my lineups. Uh, one of them I just can't stand, period. So guess what? That leaves Billy Horschel. Oh, gosh. He, he's got a phenomenal history here. Sure, and I bet his ownership will be through the roof. But, I mean, if I don't play English and I play in this tier, it'll be Horschel. It won't be the other two. Uh, what did, well, let, me, let me look and see what Spieth did last week. Uh, he had the worst round you could possibly have on Saturday. He, like, ruined Justin Thomas's mojo by, like, holding on to his ankles and dragging him down. At least there's a gentleman apologized for it. Yeah, they're buddies. I don't, yeah, I mean, but I honestly, I bet Spieth would have picked up and went home if he could have. <laughs> At one point, dude, it was just so bad. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he lost from putting on the week, which is odd for Spieth. I guess I go Billy Horschel, too, just on course history, but I don't know if I want to play. I mean, I'm still devastated about answer. Like, I don't know if I want to play anybody else in this tier. I mean, I did have Rose star before the answer news, but it was Rose and answer, and everybody else was like, I'm not there. Like, I get your point of Harris English. Spieth is still too expensive, probably, and Horschel, yeah, good course history. I guess he'll be my second, but not really in love with this tier anymore. No, I feel you. Um, I won't. I don't. I told you I won't play either one of them. But Spieth is my official fade. Uh, but rest assured, if it came down to it, I'd find the money for Paul Casey before I played Justin Rose. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. Like even I think I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday. I'm watching the tournament. I think it was Immelman, but I could be putting words in his mouth. But somebody, after Rose made, like, another 15, 20-foot putt, they're like, ah, oh, he just keeps getting away with it. And they didn't use the term smoke and mirrors, but they used the term similar. I was like, even the announcers are, are, are aware of this just Justin Rose mirage. You have really turned on him. Yeah. It's because I found out he was a blood-sucking vampire. And once somebody showed me the light, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Can't wait till next year's Olympics. We need a new champion. Oh, what if he two times you know, wins another gold medal? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Just wait until he wins the Masters this year. Oh, my God. That ain't happening, first of all. Uh, you want to bet? Just, yeah, Justin Rose won't win another major. Ooh. I, straight up. No odds or nothing. I don't need straight up. I I will take I would love to take that against you. Okay. You figure out the uh price point that you like and I uh I will I will we'll have to we'll have to come up with an age. This may be a ten year bet, because what is he, forty? I mean yeah, he's probably not gonna win a major at fifty, so He's got to win a major before Champions Tour uh, status. Yeah, he's not an American stallion like Phil. Or Jim Furyk. I don't see Jim Furyk winning majors at 50. I mean, he won his first, uh, I mean, he might win some on the Champions Tour if he goes to play some. Not sure that that counts. That certainly doesn't count towards the Vampire bet here. No, no, I agree. Um, we might have to bet, we might have to bet a steak dinner somewhere. That 
is an affirmative. Okay. Hopefully we're both still alive when this bet gets paid off. <laughs> I'd hate to have, like, your estate have to buy me a steak dinner in 10 years, Skeeter. You know what? I'll write that in my will. <laughs> all right, fantastic. Um, all right, do we need anything more? We've, we've, we've spent a lot of time on uh, four golfers. Yeah, because I'm still still ticked that there's no even answer. <laughs> there's not five. I promise you, it was English and answer for me, um, or or my one and two in this. That's oh, it, was, a, it was uh, answer. It was it was answer gap rose gap everybody else. That's fair. Well, unfortunately, ninety seven hundred is a free space for um, you know people that don't like to have six of six lamps. So, hmm, I wonder if I can play with some low ball contests. There you go. He's still eligible. Um, well, there you go. Uh, that's kind of scandalous, but you could. Yeah. Well, shall we take it to the uh, to the AKs here? Yep. All right, let's do it. We got Brennan Todd at eighty nine, Sung J M eighty eight, Shane Lowry eighty seven, Siwoo Kim eighty six, Sergio Garcia eighty five, Ches Revi eighty four, Kevin Kisner eighty three, Brant Seneca eighty two, Ryan Moore eighty one, Corey Connors eight K. Skeeter Robinson, your favorite play in this 8K tier. Well, I'm going to go with the former champion who has played well here since his win. And no, I'm not talking about the cover boy on my fancy fix this week, Brant Snedeker. I am talking right below him at 8,100, Ryan Moore. Gotcha. Like, Moore is starting to play well. Again, another one, can he make a putt? But he, I think he was playing really well at Barracuda and then... This didn't have a good Sunday or something. I don't know. But he rates out extremely well since the restart. Ball striking, fairways game. He rates out well in everything that I'm looking at this week except putting. Rates out very well in the par 70, less than 7,200 yards. And in, in all 50 yards. Like, he's top 15 in my model every single one of those. So he's playing well. 8,100 I think is more than a fair price in this field. He is my favorite by far. Ryan Moore is 40-1 to 1 at the book. I'm certainly going to consider going back to him. I bet him a couple weeks ago. Didn't pay off, but um, the reasons I liked him, you just mentioned, uh, stay with me. So I like him. I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner as my favorite here. Um, anytime you give me a course where a guy can, uh, you know, a guy like Kiz who doesn't need to bomb it can be in contention, uh, he strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to take advantage. He's been playing good as of late. Uh, 10th and 8th, a 42nd, a 46th here. Uh, has not played here in the last three years. The 10th was four years ago. Kisner's playing well right now. I like Kiz in this tier. I don't know what his ownership will look like, but I don't feel like he's a super sexy play, so give me some Kiz. No, and he'll probably get, you know, swallowed up a little bit by Snedeker and his history, and maybe uh, Sungjae and Sergio up, up top a little bit as bigger names, but... No, Kisner getting on approach, been riding a hot putter too. Um, and he's tip. Farina is actually his worst putting surface, but. But no, I mean. Anytime it's a par 70 shorter course, this is more of a Kevin Kisner type of course, so I do not fault you with him. If you don't play more, where are you going? Well, if we're going to talk short course and all that, Ches Revy 8400 will pop. He burned everybody last week. He was very popular and missed the cut, I believe. Oh, no, he did make the cut, but then... Finished 75th, I think? Yep, so yeah, did absolutely nothing. So, for major, for major chalk, people are going to be unhappy with him. But if we're, again, looking at par 70s, under 7,200 yards, he's first in ball striking, first in approach, 
third in that proximity from 150 to 175, fifth in fairways gain. He hits all the metrics. Has been struggling giving himself birdie opportunities since the comeback, so that is a little bit of a concern, but still long-term very good at hitting fairways and giving himself chances. He just can't convert. So 8,400, though, on this you know course is fair. And, hey, last time we went from coast to coast, from a major in California to the East Coast, uh, Chez won at Travelers last year. So there's your, there's your narrative that means absolutely nothing, but I'm going to use it to try and justify <laughs> playing it. I, I guess it even went from California to the East Coast, right? There's only three states on that West Coast. Right, because it was Pebble to Connecticut. Now it's uh, Harding Park to uh, Sedgefield. I'm going to go with Moore if I don't go with Kisner. I'd be lying to you if I said I don't think I could start a lineup with Kisner, Moore, and Chez, though. It'd be interesting. I mean, I think that's a good way to start a lineup. I like starting a lineup with... Uh, three, if not four of those 8K guys, and then building the final two spots from there. Um, just to try and, you know, get some of those mid-range guys that I all think that I all think I could see at the top of the leaderboard. So um, I like that. But more for all the reasons I told you, I, already, I, I think he's on the short list to bet at 40 to 1, is my number two play behind kids. Yeah, I, I agree. Your fade in this tier. <sighs> My DraftKings fade, I'd probably bet him. I don't know what his odds are because another former champion. Um, Simo Kim tends to play really well. I believe this is a Pete Dye course. Is this Pete Dye or Donald Ross? I do not know that answer. I will tell you this, though. Siwoo, 42-1 here. 42 or 40-1? to 42-1. to one. Okay. I mean, so. he's actually been playing a little better. 18th Memorial, yes. 13th of the PGA. He's actually made, what, six cuts in a row, which for Siwoo Kim is actually impressive. And he, he's won here before. He's just somebody that, when I play one lineup, I can't play him just because he has so much volatility. If you're playing multiple lineups, I don't think he's the, he's the worst guy to throw in there because he certainly has the capability to win. He also has the capability to finish DFL, but um, he's probably a better bet than DraftKings play. I am fading, well, the cover boy. Brent Snedeker, he's not been playing very good at all since the restart. Uh, missed three cuts. The other three have been top 40, or 41st, uh, 67th, 51st. So I don't like the way he's playing. I see that you choose him for the cover boy. He has obviously won here before. This is a, a spot where I just look at, at Sneds and think, big time fade. Yeah, he's had three top fives in the in his last five times out here. I just don't see him playing well right now. If I'm wrong and I miss on him, so be it. I'll fade Sneds. Yeah, I mean, he shot that 59 a few years ago and then um, kind of caught a – I think he was tied for the lead or whatever in CT Pan on 18 – hit one out of bounds off the tee. So that kind of gifted Seneca in the title that year. But, you know, he, he's another one that does play this course pretty well. But I'm with you. The form is just not there that I can go ahead and take Sneds. Shall we move to the 7K tier? Yes. I normally have a lot more names written down. I don't know if there's just guys I'll get on that I'm not on now. But I currently am not on a ton of guys in this tier. But I'll start with you. Uh, your favorite out of the 7K. 
Well, I was playing, I was going to play Abe Answer, because, you know, I kept saying he's due for a win, and it's going to come at some point, but, um, okay, let me rephrase that. He's due for a win on the PGA Tour. He's won the Australian PGA. You want to know somebody else who's due for a win that's won the Australian PGA Championship? Wait on me. Harold Varner III. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's my, my favorite, favorite play in this tier, too. Oh, right? all right. <laughs> he's just, I mean, I even, I mean, he loves playing in Carolina, uh, where he's from. Well, he's, he's born in Columbus, I believe, right, or somewhere in Ohio. He went, he went to college at East Carolina. Yeah, and I even saw an interview with him from a few years ago, uh, earlier today, from the Harold Varner tracker, by the way, uh, a good follow if you're an HV3 fan, where basically he said, you know, he's like, look, I love being in now. There's no fans here this week, but he's like, I love being here. He's like, I can go out there and shoot 60, or I can go out there and shoot 100. Everybody's going to cheer for me and love me. He's like, I love that about being, being at home. You know, we take care of our own. So he's says the right things about playing at home in South Carolina. I will say, I will say this, too. Um, I read this, so this is not my original thought. I wish I could credit whom I read it from. I'll scroll on Twitter. I want to break it work. But uh, that maybe the home field advantage is even more so a home field advantage when no fans are allowed. See Colin Morikawa just a couple of hours ago. Uh, they don't have to provide tickets and all that crap for their family and friends that want to come and watch them play. And, you know, good that your friends and family want to come watch you play. He doesn't have to worry about all that. He, he can stay, you know, close to home and and be in a in an area he's familiar with while not having to deal with the rest of that. So, dude, I'm a Harold Varner is my guy too here. Yeah, is either Pat Mayo or Jeff Feinberg when I was listening to them this morning – one of them mentioned that too, like that. I think it was Feinberg, not Mayo, but Feinberg, I don't. I won't okay. swear to that. Yeah, the more I think about, it, I think it might have been Feinberg, but it's actually a really good point because you're not worried about the friends and family. Yeah, it was Feinberg because he was he was getting a little fired up about it, which fired up Feinberg's great. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you don't have to worry about the all this special media requests or friends and family being there, all the pressure, like. You know the area, and guess what? You just don't have all that pressure around. But Varner, since since with the restart, uh, he's first in that proximity from 150 to 175, fourth in opportunities gained, eighth in approach, 11th in ball striking. Putting is just the issue with Varner, but he rates out very well even for 50 rounds. Slightly worse over, you know, on the par 70, 7,200 yards or less, but he, even then he's still 22nd. Which at seventy six hundred is more than justifiable. So, I mean, I I think it's all the cards for why he's probably our favorite player, and I'm assuming there will be a lot of people on him. Kudos to HV three for getting a little redemption at the PGA tournament after a year ago, where he had that weekend implosion. He does shoot minus one over the weekend. Yeah, what did he finish? T twenty nine. Like, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Made, made seventeen birdies. And I'll take a T29 at 7,600. I prefer a little better. And this being a much lighter field, I think that kind of effort gets you, I don't know, a T15. I'm just guessing. But you, you get the idea. As long as he makes a bunch of birdies, and you know what? A, you know, he can finish T29, but if he ranks 14th in DraftKings points because he has streaks and maybe an eagle, then good. Yes, sir. Um, well, if you don't go, Varner, where else are you going? Um... Speaking of guys who've been playing really well, granted, not probably playing some of the tougher events. Um, Seventy-three hundred, Henrik Norlander. 
As I pull this up, actually, no, he played, no, he was six at Memorial's best finish of the toughest course. And I don't remember what he did at Barracuda. I think he played there, but gain, gain, has gained significant strokes in approach three of his past four tournaments, including five, uh, six at 3M, four at Memorial, eight at Rocket Mortgage. He lost a tenth of a stroke at Workday, but then apparently figured it out in time for the Memorial. Go figure. But no, he's just playing really well since the restart, fourth in ball striking, third in approach and fairways gain. 16th DraftKings points, like, he's doing everything you want, and even over 50 rounds, really good at finding fairways, good at DraftKings points, let's see, let's see, like, on the shorter courses, a little worse than a short course, but he still gives himself plenty of birdie opportunities, I'll ride the form at 7,300, like, I don't see a reason to fade him right now. So you know I'm going to use him, Charlie Hoffman, I don't know if he's really my number two in this tier, Rest assured, I'll bet him at 110 to 1. I almost said 11 to 1. Goodness. 110 to 1. Uh, and I will use him in some lineups. I think I'm going to go to Tom Lewis here, dude. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a new crush on Tom Lewis? Is he one well, of your guys now? I used him at FedEx. And to much, uh, much, you know, uh, success, he was in my best lineup that week. He did not make the cut last week. But he fired a 67. He was three under on, on Thursday. Uh, fell apart on, on Friday. I feel like his ownership will be low. If, you, if people like the casual fan is looking, oh, five of 12 made cuts or whatever, where'd that number go? Five of 13 made cuts. Well, he's been playing pretty decent lately. So I'll take a chance on Tom Lewis coming off of that missed cut because he was 232nd and 12th the three weeks before. Since the restart, he's 14th in ball striking, but he's first in that par four from 400 to 450 range. So that's you know that's good that he plays those courses, has been scoring well. So I don't have a problem with him. Any other names in this tier you want to yeah. hit up? Oh, I got. Uh, I probably like this tier a little bit better than you. Um, I mean, I'll throw Joaquin Neiman in there just for his ball striking ability, whether or not he can he can make a putt. He's a little inconsistent, but you know. Uh, Doc Redman, seventy eight hundred. Like, weren't people paying him, paying nine k for him at at Rocket Mortgage? Like, yeah, he was the defending champ. He, he what? Wasn't he, he the defending, defending champ there? No, he was the defending runner up. Oh, okay, my bad. Like, we've paid we've paid higher prices for Doc Redman here. Correct. Um, Russell Henley just keeps playing well, especially approach opportunities gained. Did make the cuts at the PGA. Um, so he's somebody to have. The guy who burned me, Lucas Glover, actually ranks out second for me since the restarts. Third and birdies are better, second ball striking. Putting is slightly below average, which for him I'll take. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I had Charlie starred, but that might just be an, an honor and homage to you. <laughs> what, what about, about hashtag real Rory? You know I rarely play real Rory, so that he's your guy. Sixth last year, fourth three years ago. Decent little course history. I'll get me some hashtag real Rory in my lineup. Uh, what about your boy, Jimbo Furyk? Rates up really, really well on these short courses, but... Just Great not. course history here recently. Fourth two years ago, tenth four years ago. Yeah, just not really in the form I want to see at this price range. Like, he'll find fairways, but since the restart on the PGA Tour, just... Hasn't done much. I mean, we don't have his Champions Tour stats where he won. So, I just, I get it. I think he's playable. I just, not somebody I'm going to play. 
There were two in the field last week, only one in this field. Zach Johnson, much like Tom Lewis, very good Thursday before missing the cut on Friday. Looked like I saw a sign from Zach Johnson on Thursday. Uh, 11th at Travelers, 31st at Workday. I'm not saying that Zach Johnson's back to winning majors, but I feel like he could top 30, and that'd be worth 7K this week, right? I mean, yeah, I just... He's a dart right now. Like, he okay. rates out well short-term on the shorter courses. What's he rate out long-term? Oh, he's average long-term, and even uh, since the restarts, yeah, about, about dead average. Like, just not doing a whole lot, not scoring a whole lot. Like, I mean, I know he can win a birdie fest. I mean, we've seen him win John Deere. And this probably has some similarities as far as the scoring goes, but I just can't do it right now. There's some guys at 6,900 I think I'd rather play than Zach. Okay. I like some guys at, uh, in the 6Ks too, but I think I'll take a chance on Zach somewhere here. Uh, I don't know. He looks so good Thursday, but at any rate. Anybody in this 7K tier that you're absolutely fading? Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's names that I'll look at, take one look and say pass. Um... I really don't have anybody off the top of my head that just stands out as a, what is he in the 7Ks for? Uh, mine's Brennan Grace. Brennan Grace pretty easily. Now, I know he was forced to withdraw from the Barracuda, but missed the cut at 3M, missed the cut at Memorial, missed the cut at Rocket Mortgage, missed the cut at Travelers, 61st at RBC. Like, I'll pass big time on Brennan Grace. He was second at Barracuda when he had a withdraw. I mean, he Keep was, in mind, that was an off-field, and I mean, look, my boy Hoffman, uh, I'll tell you, he was good at Barracuda, even though it was an off-field, but it was an off-field. Right, but you still, I mean, to get yourself second after two rounds, you had to be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was going to make a cut for the first time in a month and a half. I did more than make a cut, but yeah, I hear you. Which you or Renski disagrees, but... I didn't right, think well, he was going to win, I just thought he was going to do more than make a cut. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anything else from the 7K tier? No. All right, 6K tier. For a thinned-out field after a major, there are some names I'm interested in here. I'll start with you, though, in the 6Ks. You got a favorite play for me? All right, it's a short course. Yeah? There tends to be a short course specialist that every time we go to a short course, he pops. He's fourth in this model for seventy for the par 70, 7200 or less um, yardage. His history, recent history, includes past three years, 22nd, 8th, and 4th. At 6,800 is Ryan Armour. Like, the guy loves a short course. Um, hasn't been playing terribly since the restart. 26 in fairways gain, good putting, good proximity. Just not giving himself many opportunities, but despite that, he's 104th in opportunities, but 30th in DraftKings points. I like him on the shorter courses. He's played well here. At 6,800, he's the last guy in my roster. I'm probably feeling slightly nervous about it, but the history and his, his style proves that he does play these short courses well. 175 to 1 at the book this week is one Ryan Armour. That's not the worst bet. I mean, I'm not saying he comes and wins, but we have seen some random winners here, and he plays well at the course. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I would back that up with a uh, at least a top five if I don't go back to the the top six as the book is offering this week without the reduced odds. But yeah, he's definitely on my radar. 
Truthfully, probably is my favorite play in this tier. Um, I will take a peek at my guy who I turned my back on recently, though, one Jason Kokrak. Uh, he's got a very nice course history here, and I feel like it wasn't too long ago. You know, Jason Kokrak was going to cost you a little bit more than a 6K price tag. And where's that course history? Six last year. Now, 57th the year before, 16th three years ago. So two top 20s in the last three years. Co-cracker really hasn't looked good since, I guess, about the Schwab. He did do a T-44 at uh, St. Jude. But uh, give me Co-crack. I like Armour a lot, too. Give me Co-crack at 69. I may try a Stars and Scrubs with maybe like a Web Reed start, and I match it with those two and then see what I got left. Not a horrible idea this week because there is some depth here. Like, like if I'm if I'm playing a $6,900 golfer, I am playing one of your guys, but it's not Co-crack. It's Adam Long. He's on my list, too. He rates out top 30 in the ball striking categories on these shorter courses. Even over the past 50 rounds, doesn't really do much wrong. Maybe doesn't hit enough fairways and maybe not the best birdie maker, but he does everything else kind of well. And Since the restart, he's actually 27th in drafting points, 13th in putting. Can't find a fairway, but, you know, it's maybe not the biggest deal here. Course history is no good, but tell me, tell me if Pat Rez at 6,900 doesn't, doesn't make you think. Uh, I mean, he's had an 18th, 23rd, 39th, 45th. 18th was a Barracuda, uh, which I've already knocked that field, but still. He's made the cut since the restart and everything but the RBC Heritage. Uh, actually rates out really well in the par 4s and 400 to 450. Rates out well in the proximity from 150 to 175. Everything else is kind of average, but, you know, we... He makes some sense, and let's see, shorter courses for Pat Perez, eh, not the best. Long-term form, eh, average, okay. I'll put a star by him and give him another look. Bryce Garnett do anything for you? Uh, he's been playing really well. And he was sixth here last year, 20th the last two times out before that here. Like, the last three times here, he's been very good. Where is he priced at? I'm not finding. Sixty-seven hundred. Missed the cut at work, David. It was plus one. Missed the cut at Travelers, but he was minus three. You know, not missing these cuts by wild numbers. No, twenty-fourth in ball striking since the restart. Seventh in that par four distance. Above average fairways gain and approach. He might be the most popular in this tier because I think he's already getting talked up a little bit. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, anybody else? You're, uh, you got your eyes on? I mean, if I was playing more than one lineup, I don't know if I can play the guy in one lineup because he's on my I-never-get-right list, but he rates out so well since the restart and so well in these short courses. Kyle Stanley at 6,800, pretty good ball striker, gives himself plenty of opportunities. I just never get Kyle Stanley right because I think I played him at 3M. No, where did I play him at? I played him somewhere, and he was terrible in 3M. He stormed the leaderboard day one like, you know, this is about right. What about at 6,800 as well, Troy Merritt? Uh, he's not playing well enough for me to, to go there. Okay. I just recall him uh, having a chance to win that Barracuda. So. Oh, that's true. I forgot that one. He did, but he's also missed some cuts, and he didn't make a cut at the PGA at a plus five either. Um, so. Anybody else in the 6K range that uh, Bear's talking about? couple other interesting names. Chesson Hadley rates out well statistically, I think, since the restart, but I just can't do it. Same with Wesley Bryan. Um, he's another short course specialist. Like, he's won Heritage, which I think you can use as a comp for this. Um, 
I mean, if you're just Heritage of Comp, Luke Donald's Mr. Heritage himself, but I'm not ready to go there. And maybe C.T. Pan, he, he's another one that plays short course as well. Won at Heritage, was, uh, he won at Heritage, what, last year and then two years ago was, was tied for the lead when he goes OB on 18. So those are a couple other names, but outside of that, nobody else really... Maybe Tyler Duncan, he kind of rates really well in the ball-striking areas, just not scoring a whole lot, not putting well. Am I crazy if I want to play Carl Peterson lineup? Oh, former champion, isn't he? Yes, and, like, I can't tell you why, but I was a fan of his, like, 10 years ago. I think I think some of it is because he looks like an actor who I'm sure you don't know who is, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Know the name. <laughs> He, he was, was in, uh, I remember him as Freddie Lowndes from uh, Red Dragon. Um, guessing you didn't see that. Have you seen, oh, The Mockingjay, what's the name of that? Hunger Games? Yes. No. Okay, well, he's, oh. <laughs> I'm glad that you got that, but you didn't know. He was also in Hunger Games uh, at any rate. Uh, I mean, I'm he a high school teacher, so I, I know some references, but it doesn't mean I've watched them. Fair enough. I, I, I used, used to be a big Carl Peterson fan. I don't know. I, I like, like the Euros, dude. What can I say? Is he? There's. I shouldn't be thinking about playing him at 61, should I? No. Okay. I mean, he did finish T38 at the uh, the Memorial. Yeah, because he he did kind of. I mean, I, I think he's a former winner there too. Like uh, he might be because he's only been playing like exemptions, like past champion exemptions. I think. Right, but yeah, I. I mean. Just another one of those odd golfers that you'll find that I am a fan of that probably very few other people are. That's all right. Um, well, all right. Uh, you, are, are we fading anybody in this tier? Um, well, I'm sure you find somebody here. Um, I'll be nice. I won't pick on the kid Akshay Bhatia, who I think is actually from the area. He's from, I, th- I think he's from one of the Carolinas. Um... Uh, Davis Love Third. I know he gave CBS duties to play golf, but and he won here for years ago, but not feeling DL3 this week. Okay. I'm not going to tell you I have a real fade, but uh, um, I, I probably won't play Jim Herman this week. After, what? After the sweat last week. Okay, I probably will play him in at least one lineup. I mean, your guy Brian Gay's down here, too. I see him down here at 62. Trust me, I got eyes on these guys. I just can't necessarily say that. <laughs> Uh, I recommend anyone else uh, dive into the sludge with me. Oh. Anurban Lakir. There's a guy who I do kind of like playing. He, he randomly pops up from time to time as, like, first-round leader. Like, if you're going to bet first-round leaders, throw him on a list. Cause he, he'll just randomly show up out of nowhere like, oh, Lahiri's is a minus five? Like, where did that come from? I don't need any reason to throw more money down at the book, especially when I've been ice cold for, what, four out of the last five weeks? All right, just, okay, I realize he's on a 6K tier. Just bet Brandon Todd, first-round leader. Good grief, that guy catches fire for, like, the first day or two and then kind of stalls on the weekend. Oh, why don't I just bet Jim Furyk to win a major uh, on the senior tour? Because it'll be, like, 5-1 to one there. You can at least get better money on Todd as first-round leader. I don't bet Pittsburgh guys, dude. Well, that's right. <laughs> there are certain Brennan Todd's is, is a Pittsburgh guy, yeah. Because um, I found myself cheering for him until I found that out, and I was like, you know what? It's a great story, but he's probably a Steelers fan, so. 
just can't I just can't get involved in that. You know what I'm you saying? You and your biases. You know, it is what it is, dude. I'm not I mean, I, I don't act like it's look, the term fan is short for fanatic. I don't act like I make rational choices a lot of these times, but it is what it is. Uh, you know. And look, the Brenda Todd story is awesome. I'm not gonna act like it's not. Right. But you know, you guys can enjoy it. Let me uh let me have my uh my Charlie Hoffman's. And hashtag real Rory. Yeah, give me my hashtag uh two continents Rory. <laughs> Which is true. Oh goodness. Well, um we kinda hit the field here. Should we take a little peek at the one and done talk? Yeah, I was gonna bring bring back some bad memories for me. Well, I saw your post. Um Who'd you use? I know that Morikawa was your ultimate. I used Tommy. Well, I'm sorry. Going into uh, the weekend, it looked great. On Sunday night, not so great. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't do anything this week either. Uh, who did I use? I used Rory. I'm sorry, Rory. I used Brooks, and who did I use? I used somebody that didn't make the cut. So that's how good it was for me. Well, okay, so yeah, when I said bad memory, I wasn't even thinking about the Fleetwood part, but yeah, that was one bad memory. No, the bad memory here was, because I already submitted my, you know, I've already put in my preliminary one-and-done picks, Abe Answer, one-and-done, like, great, don't get to use him now. Oh, and by the way, it was Ricky Fowler who I used with Brooks, duh. Oh, yeah. Duh. Why, why, why wouldn't I uh, want to use that stub, uh, Miss Putt? So frustrating. Oh, Probably really frustrating for one Mr. Fowler as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, he's got the weekend off, so I'm sure he found a way to enjoy his weekend. I would imagine. Um, so in this week's tournament, are you using any firepower? Like, if you've still got Webb, which you probably should have used him at Heritage if you didn't use him already. I still have Webb. Would you use Webb this week? Yes. Okay. Um, Depends where you're at. Um, especially if you're towards the top, then yes. Um, okay. Like, I guess that's one thing I'm going to try to take a look at is how many people have used them. Um, if I get really bold, Moore and Varner are two guys I am considering as well. I'm going to use Kisner uh, as yeah. one of mine. And, again, I'm in that two and done. So I will use Kisner, uh, lock him in. Then I'll consider Chez. Um, I don't know where I'll go for my second one. Ryan Moore makes some sense here as well. I would agree with that if I haven't used him already. Siwoo Kim might be a chance to use him right now, too. Billy Horschel might not be a terrible pick either. Do you think he will be a very uh, popular pick? I'm going to try to pull up Monday Night Ownership on Fantasy National just to see kind of... You know, nobody's on Chez. So. Which, 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 by the way, so I thought about Chez. So I'm, I'm using Kisner, I think, for sure. Uh, and Kisner, not too far from home either, right? He's a Georgia guy, so... Right, yeah. Uh, not too far from home. I just put armor in with Kiz. Ooh, that might be getting a little too cute. <laughs> Something I'm never accused of in real life. Same here, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, John Skeeter Robinson, cute, not usually used in the same sentence. 
I did have a woman call me cute the other day while I was out cutting grass. She was probably in her 70s, and I think she had a touch of dementia because there was somebody trying to get her to come back inside. But it still happened, for what it's worth. Hey, not bad. Um, yeah, Horschel is going to be somewhat popular. He's already around 16%. Yeah, and inside the top 40 in the world ranking, he's going to be high on that list. Maybe I turn to Tommy Lewis here. Nobody else is using him. I'm down to, like, 14th, man. A month ago, I was in first place. What about your guy, Real Rory? Have you already used him somewhere? Uh, yeah, I used him. What was that about a month ago when I was all about him, met him at the book, didn't make the cut? Have you used Reed? I have not. I think I'm, cha- I'm keeping Reed to use... I'm thinking about keeping Reed to use at the Masters with Tiger because, again, I'm in a two-and-done. Okay. Um, I thought about Reed. I could go Reed Kiz, uh, but my of, of who's in the field this week, because I can't really look at who I have. I've not used elsewhere, but I've got Reed. I've got Fleetwood. Then it goes down to Sungjae, Shane, uh, Lowry, Ches, Reed. So, like, I lose firepower real quick. Right. No, Tom Lewis probably isn't bad. I mean... Even Henrik Norlander, if you wanted to try it. I mean, he'll be popular in draft teams, but I'm not sure he's going to be a one-and-done play. Um, Lucas Glover, maybe? Um, oh, Lucas Glover already got used. Probably the same week that Sabatini didn't make the cut. That was when the epic failure started, because I had uh, both of those guys when they didn't make the cut. Uh, also, my good friend, Kenny, who we chat about, who were using a one-and-done I got him on Glover this that week, uh, so yeah, Glover been used. He's on the list right now. He's not like he's not like on the same level of punishment ban list that the vampire is, but he's on the list right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, Dave Anthers got you like you you are frazzled, dude. Man, that just yeah, because I was like, all right. I've been calling for the answer win for about a month now. Like, I was like, okay, one of these, you know, weaker field events, and he rated so well. It's like, okay, this feels like an Abe answer week, and he withdraws. Like, oh. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry to bear, be the bearer of bad news, man. Well, I mean, I would have found out eventually, so you know, our, our seven listeners can enjoy my agony defeat. And Oh, boy. I hope they are. I mean, misery does love company, so I've been doing really bad on my bets and DraftKings, so I'm enjoying your misery. Well, thanks, pal. I'm just wanted to hear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do we have anything else to throw out there this week? I don't think so. Um, yeah, again, it's tough to imagine the playoffs already next week. And, and then this year, we get the, we're done with the FedEx Cup. Next week, the new Safeway starts the new season. The following week, the U.S. Open, and then the Masters in in November. Like, such a weird year. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with college football. But whether that happens or not, there's golf going to go on, and there's some major golf events coming. So, mm-hmm. it'll still be a good fall, at least for us. Um, we'll see what happens. With everything else. Thank God for golf. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, seriously, thank God for golf. Because I mean, it, is, it is the one sport, really, uh, that I've watched so far that I feel like translates the best without fans. Like, soccer, baseball, I enjoy watching that. I'm not a big hooper. Uh, I, don't, I don't do a whole lot of basketball. I don't do a lot of NASCAR. Um, 
but baseball and soccer have been fine. I've enjoyed watching them. Golf, I, oh, I mean, golf hasn't missed a beat, though. No. No. The only And I've watched a lot of golf. The only bad thing about watching so much golf, and I know it has nothing to do with fans, they show the same eight commercials over and over again. So by the time you get to the center, like, good grief, I've already seen this commercial so much. Like, can we, can we vary up the commercials a little bit, please? So the girl who talks about her mom being a financial advisor yeah. I mean, is like the cutest little girl you've ever seen. Oh, I agree. Until about the 35th time the commercial comes on and you're just like, okay, it's time to be put in timeout. You need to go over there with Justin Rose and Lucas Glover and stick your nose in the corner for about another four hours. How dare you? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have had her have to go to the corner with the vampire. She'll take a different corner. But Skeeter, I mean, how many times can you see that commercial? It went from cute and endearing to nauseating, dude. I mean, the girl was, I mean, no, the little girl was cute. And, and even the kids that you see in the Zoom, the fake Zoom call at the bottom. But, but yeah, I agree. Are like, you suggesting that wasn't a real Zoom call? Yeah, yes. I'm calling that out right now. Oh, um, my goodness. You just no. told Gabe Answer wasn't in the field all over again. Ruining my days, sure. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, that commercial just kind of like, okay. And there's other ones in weeks past, just like, can we vary this up a little bit? And this is bad enough when you go from like, okay, we're seeing this on like ESPN or ESPN Plus or PGA Tour Live, and then they show the network version, like, come on! <laughs> oh, well, Skeeter, as soon as that commercial's over, you know you get back to a nice view of the fog over top the uh, bay that basically looks like clouds in the sky and shows you nothing, but we'll get that shot in again. Hey, I, I tell you, I wouldn't mind going to play TPC Harding, Harding Park. I would love to go play that, too. Like, when they start talking about, oh, you could play here, I'm like, you know, part of the reason I think I like the PGA, and I understand that the... Uh, the Open and the U.S. Open take place at non-private places. And look, I know the PGA takes place at Valhalla, a private course, others as well. But there's something about like, uh, there's some about like, yeah, I could go play that. Like, and how many times? I mean, Nick Faldo only told me three hundred and fifty-five thousand times throughout the weekend that I could play it for under a hundred dollars if I was a local resident. Uh, right. But I'm not. Yeah, I think we have to pay like two hundred, but that still doesn't seem terrible for a. I that up to play that, dude. I mean, it costs us way more than that to get there. I mean, at that point, the two hundred to play it wouldn't even be that big of a deal. All right, if you and I played over under one half number of golf balls that would be lost in the trees. In the trees? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I could go over. One and a half. I feel like a half to one would be my set. Oh, I said the, I, I'm sorry. I set the line at one half, or I meant to sit, set it at one half. One half. Uh, I'll take the over because my slice will be enough that I can find a tree pretty easily. I'd say I don't know because then we'd have to verify that it was actually lost in a tree and not lost in the rough or something. Uh, That'd be a hard one to say, but I would say on. I would say on because all the balls hit in the trees. Like I've never had one get stuck in a tree that I know of yet. Right. Lost some that maybe were in trees. So I would say under, but, uh, you know, like, I don't know. As I've been playing this prop bet with uh, Thrive, uh, and they give you the over-under of a half an eagle, I've learned that the over is often a fool's bet. They offer you a ton of points, but often it's not happening. Well, these part fives this week at Sedgefield, um, I believe. Oh, I just closed it up. I want to say one of the holes actually had a pretty decently high eagle rate, like 3 or 4%, so that might not be, you know. Yeah, but you've got to, it's, it's not, not the hole, it's the player. Like, will oh, this 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? So the yeah. bet is usually like you get 130 points for over a half an eagle, and under is like 60 points, but the over doesn't hit. So it's almost like you just avoid that one and take one of the other nine props that remain. Right, kind of like ownership this week. Like you can take Webb, but just make sure you're not taking five other guys who are chalky. Like find the low owned guy. Correct. Yeah. So I, I can't say that I've figured this this uh, whole prop bet thing out on Thrive yet, but I do enjoy it. I like. I have been making a point to like set a lineup every night and look at it, uh, especially once your DraftKings lineups are toast by like Friday afternoon. Uh, it's you know something to do. Oh, when your guy misses the cut on the number. Oh yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah. When he has uh, six foot six inches to the hole, and then before you know it, he's got four inches to the hole after another stroke, and that's the difference between making the cut or not. And I realized a lot of people had six of sixes, so maybe it didn't destroy me. But I had a lot of five of sixes. I think I at least had three five of sixes where Rory was the misser. And I had a handful beyond that of four of sixes where it was Rory and Hat. You mean Ricky, not Rory? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I definitely mean Ricky. Yes. So, I mean, had, had quote unquote fake Rory done that, you'd be in, I mean, you would be livid. I would be a little upset with him, yeah. Uh, I would. I, I'm upset with Ricky, too. Um, you know what? I'm upset with him, but no more upset with him than he is with himself. So you'll give Ricky a pass, but you won't give Justin a pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ricky's one of my guys. Rose isn't. Uh, that steak dinner's going to taste well when he wins the 2020 Masters. Or 2021 Masters. Well, well done, done with ketchup, ketchup if, you, uh, if I know, know you. No! <laughs> no! Medium rare. All right, I'm sorry. That was just... Uh, it's Monday, bro. It's been a long weekend. I'm, well, it's Tuesday for I'm you right now. But... It is It is Tuesday morning for, for me now. So, uh, Anything else before we put this uh, Wyndham Championship edition to bed? Nope. Uh, we'll, we'll do the playoffs and... You know, let's get let's, let's let's have a better week at the Wyndham. Let's, let's let's get you back on track. If I do the same at the Wyndham as I did last week, I will be perfectly happy. Yeah. But yeah. I just want a six of six so I can get some more achievements in DraftKings. Like, come on. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm knocking on the door. Oh, by the way, before we go, I told you last week that uh, DraftKings did not give me those crowns in time to move me up to the gold from silver. Mm-hmm. So in some odd world, I had silver rewards for the first of August. On the second, I had gold rewards. So, like, if I go look at my history, I received the silver award on the first and then the gold award on the second. So they jumped me like a day late. But at least they jumped me, so. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm in, I'm in the platinum because of the, the 5,000 DraftKings uh, crown to play the first million maker for NBA and put up my best NBA score ever. Like, okay, I'm not playing again because I'm not very good at NBA, but... Yeah, it's uh, those those jumps of tiers are really nice. Yeah, so I'm 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 happily in the gold standard tier, and hopefully we'll stay there. I got all four of my major states. Did you get yours? Absolutely. Right, Lost well, money on I think most of them, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I paid I paid three dollars, three one dollar entries, and didn't cash any of them. But that's okay. I got got my four four days in the major, so I'm a third of the way there. That's right. You gotta remember this for U.S. Open and uh, the Masters. We will remember. Uh, well, Skeeter, what do you say we put a wrap on it? You got anything else? I do not. All right. Appreciate everybody listening. Good luck. Wyndham Championship is coming up. The playoffs are after that. Golf is uh, it's been hot for a minute. It's definitely heating up. We come off a major hangover with the playoffs starting next week. So this one should be fun. Good luck, everybody. Appreciate you listening. He's Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. 
This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.